You're listening to Established, a podcast at Chess Mountain Church. What is up, Established Podcast? It's your host, Kelsey, with my co-host, Brandingling Bridge Farmer. <laughs> I want you to know I've thought about this all morning. <laughs> That's the best. There's ever. no recovery. There's, the, there's no recovery. <laughs> oh, oh, wow, that landed so even better than I hoped. Oh, I'm gonna have to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Listen, you you gave some high expectations for me of having new names for you every week. It's been a while since I've done an original, so I spent literally most of my morning asking mm. myself what was the best approach to this, and mm. there it was. So. I'm glad Thanks that's how that. you've spent your morning. <laughs> <laughs> it was a valuable morning to me. I foot raced a uh, fifth grader today. Smoked her, by the way. I was about to ask if you won. <laughs> <laughs> Barely, but I won. <laughs> I love that. I love Did I rub that. it in her face? 100%. As you should have, because she was slow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you can't beat me, I mean, honestly. <laughs> I love We this. digress. We digress. And joining us today in this good time of a conversation is none other than Ben Hildebrand. What's up, Ben? What's up, everybody? <laughs> Elder. I'm so happy ben to be a Hildebrand. part. So happy to be a part of this wonderful team that is influencing our church. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we might have to have some Ben's actually here to exercise <laughs> church discipline on us. <laughs> Yes. Just to use his eldership this morning, <laughs> grace and peace. There might be Thank some discussions ben. that happen at our next meeting. So <laughs> that's great. I feel like for you, a uh, podcast listener, if you don't know, Ben is also my boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of layers to what's happening. He's right technically now. one of mine too. He's one of the elders. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Ben's like a really high up guy oh. in this room right now. <laughs> And we can't wait well, to well, hear I mean, what he I'm brings to the table. So, yeah, well, yeah, I'm taking notes and we'll discuss. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm just now kidding. I'm nervous. Yeah. Just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding, everybody. I love These it. are wonderful people who, uh, yeah, get to pour into us every week. So, what a gift! I'm really excited to have been on. Uh, I am. Listeners, too. Ben is one of the most genuine people that you'll ever meet, and has. One of the greatest passions for the Lord that I've met, yep. uh, and so um, and serves this church and the community so well. Yes, so he does. it's going to be like in all seriousness, like I'm really, really, really pumped to have him I, part of the conversation. I appreciate so. that. I don't know what to do with those types of comments as much as I do with the backhanded stuff. So, <laughs> so <laughs> thank same. you. I don't know it's how to like be you honored, guys but I do know how to be cut down. In that. <laughs> Thank you. I get really uncomfortable when people <laughs> honor me. <laughs> That's so I feel very so loved when someone is sarcastic <laughs> towards yeah. me. Well, this uh, feels like an appropriate time to transition. Oh, Let's wow. Let's get the queen. Let's go there. You, the queen, you, if you will, of transitions. <laughs> thank you so much. You know, I figure I might as well just make them as blunt and to the point. Speaking of your mm. value and mm -hmm. the way we receive <laughs> love from others. Never has there been a better transition <laughs> than that one right there. Man. Mark so it down, listeners. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about the doctrine of sin and humanity. I know that's some wonderful listening for you. Hopefully it's mm. on a on a light 
Tuesday morning when it's being released. Nothing like an early morning convo about mm. your sin. Mm. Can't wait to go there. So Praise the Lord. Yep. So good. So I'm just going to go ahead and share the main idea. I'm really excited about this conversation. So our main idea for this week, and this is week eight of Established. Good gracious. I know. Isn't that crazy? Week eight, people. It's flown by. <laughs> We're almost to the end. So the main idea is that people are made in the image of God to be like him in character. Humanity was created by God, for God, to be the supreme object of his creation. And although we were created in his image, sin fractured the world and left us in desperate need of salvation. And so our goal from a week like this is to explain what it means to be an image bearer, but also to define and understand what total depravity means. Mm. So you talk about... Just like I know those. we we got something that's really uplifting, yeah. and then we're gonna also demolish our souls for a little bit in the most humbling way in Jesus' name. So can't wait, can't wait. So if we're gonna talk about humanity before sin, because I feel like we should start on the lighter end. If you guys are in favor of that, um, I, it's got to start at this place of acknowledging that God does not need us, mm-hmm. and. I think that's a very forgotten piece to this puzzle. I know sometimes I think more highly of myself than I should. Mm. And I get into this place of, especially being in ministry of, you know, God has called me and he's Mm. chosen me and he sent me and it's me, me, me. (laughs) And it's like, oh, Kelsey, he could accomplish all of it without you. And you've just gotten to be a part of it. And that's an honor. Right. But it was never about me. So God does not need us. How do we how do we reconcile that in our hearts um, and have joy about that too? Well, one, I think it's a freeing place to be, to go, uh, he doesn't need me, but he uses me. Mm-hmm. And um, so it changes for me the burden of... Um, what God has, the mission that God has placed us on to make the name of Jesus known, to saturate the world um, with with the name of Jesus, like it it changes it from this is something I have to do to something I get to do. Mm. Like so, God doesn't need me, but He allows me to be a part of it. And yeah. so, um, one, I think if He if God needed me, one that's a crushing weight. Mm. Um. Is how I see it. And then, but if it, if he has called me into it and uses me despite me, it's a freeing place. Yeah. Like when it allows me to be imperfect, it allows me to just to change my perspective on what I'm doing. So it's not the, I have to do this. It's, I get to. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of the most loving things that God allows us to be a part of what he is doing. Mm. And it's not that, yeah, that, that idea that he doesn't need us um, is, like you said, it's freeing. I mean, on the surface is us being humans. It's like, oh, man, you know, we want to be needed. But I think the more loving act is that he wants us to be a part of it. That's and good. he's allowing us to be a part of the mission that he's accomplishing throughout the world. Yeah. Um, and that we are uh, the, you know, the the chosen method that he used to spread the message. And I think that that that's a much more powerful act of love than, than him just needing us mm, to accomplish yeah. it. And he doesn't need us. He wants us to be a part of it and he invites us to be a part of it. 
That's okay. great. And it's equally joyful to us that he also created us for his own glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't just that he didn't need us, but he created us out of this place of love. And it wasn't out of discontentment. It wasn't out of an unmet need of his, mm-hmm. right? But instead it was to bring more glory to himself and to magnify himself. And because of that, we are made in his own image. Mm. And this is a big deal. This is a big deal. And I mean, we can go all the way back to Genesis 1, uh, verse 26 says that, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Mm -hmm. So we're already hearing Trinitarian language as early as Genesis 1. But our likeness to be like God. So we're not just made as a reflection of him, but we are made like him. Mm-hmm. Why Why should that hold extra significance in our hearts when we consider our own worth, our own value? Mm. This, <clears throat> this concept of the Imago Dei, the image bearers, is at the, like at the core, one of the most important things for believers to grasp, um, for people to grasp. Like this is an identity, um, we live in identity pandemic really where everyone's trying to find who they are why they are the way they are and to understand that god has created us in his likeness to to bear his image to reflect his image to the world this this is so important because i don't have to try to find who i am and based on what i do or where i've been or what i've been born into but i can find it in christ and christ alone and so my identity has been set for me um, instead of me trying to earn it. And, um, and like, so for a world that is so um, rattled with the idea of uh, where their worth is and where they find their worth or self like image issues, like to know that God who speaks things into existence has said, Hey, I've, I've made you. Yeah. To be like, to be in my likeness, to be in my image, that you're completely different than the rest of creation. Like, how beautiful is that? That all of creation and all of creation, humanity stands out differently. Yeah. So, day six in Genesis, like, Adam Adam is created, and God looks at it and says, like, every other time he's created something, it was good. Mm-hmm. Creates humanity, and it's very good. Very good. Yep. It's like the, that language matters. Like we see the heart of God towards us. Yeah. I think, um, you know, that idea of being made in his image and, uh, you bring up that, the, the pandemic of Mm -hmm. our society constantly searching for value and worth. And, Mm. um, and the fact that we were made in his image for his glory. I mean, what other, uh, what greater purpose and what greater identity is that than to be made in his image for, for the glory of God. I mean, we, we we get ourselves so tied up in so many things that are just so much less than that. Right. And we seek for our identity, and we seek to uh, attach ourselves to so many different things, whether it be athletics, whether it be uh, school. I mean, Kelsey and I, we both work in FCA, so we are constantly around students and athletes who are, who are lost and crumbling 
under the identity mm. of an athlete or student or mm. whatever it may be. And and one of the messages that I try to dis, uh, instill in, in um, the people that I have influence over is like, you know, your identity is in Christ. And yeah. that is so much greater um, than your identity as an athlete or what whatever it is. And um, and there's so much more joy to be found right. in, in that when we realize that... Um, that we are made in His image for His glory. I mean, that's that's where purpose comes from. That's yeah. where joy comes from. Mm. And we can stop with the restlessness too, right? Yeah. Like if I can take a step back and have confidence in my identity being rooted in Christ, being rooted in being an image bearer of mm. Christ Himself, then I don't have to live in this competition. I don't have to live in this game of feeling like I have to live up to a certain standard that's created by man or only being an athlete or only being a musician or only being a teacher or whatever it may be for you. I can take a deep breath and settle in that my identity in Christ frees me up tremendously to then also turn and live for other people like to be about other people mm. and when i'm sitting in this restless place and i get it twisted and that gets out of line um trey had shared at united weekend this past weekend talking about identity with our students and was talking about this idea of look up look in and then look around and how the order is really important and if we're not first looking up to christ mm. and not looking up for our identity then everything else will fall apart. That's right. But we can rest in the fact that we're image bearers. It is a gift. It is an honor, but it also is the cleanest identity that we will ever have. Mm -hmm. It's the foundation for understanding who we are and what we were meant to be is what God, how God originally created us. Sin has fractured that. So we try to find it in what we do and what we like. Right. Mm -hmm. Instead of seeing in, in our creator, um, and I, I think that's the, I think one of the reasons we struggle so much with, um, we're seeing it, especially in a social media age where we're just like constantly bombarded with like what life could be. Yeah. Mm. Um, we're, mm. and like, we're seeing it. Anxiety is at all time high, like depression. And there's like, I think there's, uh, there's more to it than just that. But like, right. that is one of the, like. Yeah. That is one of the causes right now is like, we're just trying to find, we're trying to find our worth and, and mm. what we do or what we have instead of finding it in that God has created us to right. be who uniquely who we are. Mm. And, um, I, I mean, I just think it's so important that we understand that, that what Trey, that, you know, Trey learned everything he knows from Ben. Just right. want everyone to know right. that. Yeah, Trey's my brother. I don't know if anyone... Trey Hildebrandt, Trey Hildebrandt is, is ben my Hildebrandt brother. Is, is yeah. Ben Hildebrandt's yeah. brother. Yeah, that's he, how he's known too. Yeah, he's that's good. He's mm-hmm. learned a lot from me, yeah. even though I'm younger. And, but yeah, but wiser. I'm I'm his role model. <laughs> so. I hope you hear this, Trey. <laughs> and I hope your first instinct is to put me and Ben in a group text and text us. That would be fantastic. So if you do hear this, Trey, that is your challenge. I love that so much. But I think that's the important thing. And mm-hmm. um, and this, like, to live in that is where we find ultimate freedom. Right. That it's not what people think, like, perceive mm. me to be or think about me or tell me to be, 
this is I get to live in this because this is what God has called me to. Yeah. Um, so yeah. freeing. So freeing. So freeing. Yeah. So it doesn't mean you're not going to struggle when you understand this, but this is the foundation for identity. Yeah. And identity is such a like such a struggle for us as humans. Yeah. Because when we have our sin nature that wrestles against it and mm-hmm. um and we and we want to have worth and um but this idea this idea of image bearers this sets the ground like this crushes the idea of racism or um if you have more money you're more important or whatever it mm-hmm. is like or if like every human being every human being whether gifted or not gifted or whatever it is talented uh, athletic or not popular good looking or whatever every single person has worth right yeah. and no one is more <clears throat> No one has more worth than the next. Right. right. Like, it's it's a supreme worth. It's not yeah. just like everyone's valuable. It's no, you are the most yeah. valuable. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's something that for me, as we have gone over this and uh, been reading about this, it's been like, not, not that I've ever devalued anyone necessarily, but I can very often look at people that I disagree with and mm. think less of them and, and, it's just this idea of like, no, they, even the person, even, yeah. even the, the person of a different race and the racist yeah, both have supreme worth in the eyes of God and it, because they are both made in the image of God. Yeah. That's good. And it's, it's very um, humbling and eye opening to, to view people in that way. And yeah. It's um, yeah. hmm. good. No, and, and that's the core of this doctrine that, I'm so thankful for, but also like creates the tension that we love um, within our flesh is it's got to shape how we view all people. Mm-hmm. And the answer to how we view all people is with extreme dignity and value. Mm-hmm. So it's not just throw you a bone and you're all right. But if we valued people in the way of understanding that they were made in the likeness mm-hmm. of God himself, I would think about people differently, right? Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's easier. And we'll get into this a little bit as we transition to talk about sin, but it's really easy to cover up how I really think or feel about people. I can play the game, right? Mm-hmm. If we can be honest in the room, like it's, it's not hard to hide the things we feel sometimes, but if my thoughts and my emotions and that's also what's held accountable, mm. And I'm supposed to have extreme, not any kind of dignity and value for the other, but extreme dignity and value. All of a sudden, there's a long list of bondage that's that's mm-hmm. broken. Yeah. And I also have to naturally put myself in check. Uh, one of the questions from our book that we've been reading that I, I loved is, what influence should this doctrine have on issues such as these, and these are a wide variety of extreme issues, but they listed racism, pornography, war, eating disorders, government, and even education. Like you talk about some drastic conversations that could go a lot of ways, but topics as big as these that are as troubling as these, especially war and the times that we're in right now, Hmm. like how does a doctrine like this influence these type of issues, how should it shape the way that we think, the way we act, um, and the way that we even care for the neighbor? Hmm. 
One, I think it has to humble us. Like I'm just, even that question right now, like how, and uh, your transparency been of like, how easy is it to just not, to be annoyed by people and not like people because you don't agree with them. I, I feel that at a deep level. And, but to go, I, I think this idea too of, um, I think of Matt Chandler in a sermon illustration one time talking about this idea of the image bearers and how this affects. It's like racism cannot exist in the Christian's life because of understanding this. So he was talking about, uh, was it Sea Biscuit was the like, one of the horses that was like notorious for winning the yes. Kentucky Derby. I'm not, yeah. but triple crown. Sorry. I have to. Yeah. Yeah. Speak, oh, you're married to the horse. Yeah. 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 My Listener. Wife. If you remember, Courtney was earlier yeah. on the show. <laughs> yeah. She and was. She crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Jesus. she also threw the, just <laughs> lobbed that bomb out there that <laughs> she did, uh, that that's more, more of a sport. So, mm. but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. wish y'all could see Ben right now. <laughs> She's, Which I mean, like, it, she gave a great argument for that, and yeah. But it, to say, like that that horse has right. extreme like value, like yeah. it's a valuable Monetary horse, about, and yeah. But even the person with like a debilitating uh, mental illness, right. or even yeah. like, or has had an like, I think of a person that maybe went through a car accident and is completely paralyzed. Mm. That person has more worth and value than a horse. Yeah, even though the horse. Is probably millions and millions of dollars right. legacy and In, insur- yeah. has better insurance than I have. <laughs> like, Amen. Yeah. but in the eyes of God, is not as valuable as right. even yeah. any human being that's ever been born, even the worst of human beings. And so, um, it's not like that's the beauty. So when we think about, I don't know when we like the the even the conversation now of um everything on in our radar right now is what's going on in russia and ukraine and right um this has to humble us like one it's a heartbreaking thing to see hatred at a high level that way when we were all created in the image of god to Mm -hmm. reflect the the beauty of god to the world and to see a result of the fall of man um playing out in that kind of scale um but even in the same sense of like you go into education to think about like how unfair even our system can be towards um, like it, it, it's just trying to shoot straight down the middle and it's leaving out two sides of the spectrum. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm not at all a, like a expert on how education should be done. <laughs> so I barely have an education. And mm-hmm. so, um, but I, I think at the end of the day, it, it comes down to, we try to give, we give more worth to what is best for us or convenient to us instead of seeing that that's not how God sees it. That's good. And um, because if you put your worth up against like what, like how good God is, you every one of us crumbles that's at right. that. I don't know if that answers. I feel like I've rambled. No, no. Um, but yeah. Definitely. And, and I think at the, at the core of this piece of the doctrine of humanity, um, you had said it at the end um, of established this week, BB, um, that we reflect the image so that the lost will know that they too mm. carry the image. Mm. And yeah, that good. that is weighed on me. Um, 
because I, I think sometimes it's also easy to cop ourselves out as believers of they're just lost, they're just lost when they are created with the same dignity, mm-hmm. the same value, and the same image that I am. It's just my eyes have been opened yeah. to what their eyes have not yet been opened to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it should create a, a sense of, you know, sympathy and brokenness mm. for us over the lost. Yep. Yeah. Instead of us getting angry when lost people act like lost people, <laughs> it should break our hearts because they're not living in the image that they were created to That's live right. into. And, right. and um, it should create a deep brokenness within us instead of anger at them. Right. Which right. I think we as Christians often struggle with is we get angry at the lost for acting lost and it should just <laughs> it should broke break our hearts. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It's good. And at the end of this, like we're we're called to represent God. We're not called to be God, which yeah. requires submission on our end. Uh, which is where everything kind of went to crap for a little bit. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <To put it laughs> <bluntly>. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I could say that on the podcast, but, but you I did. have. Kelsey said crap. Oh, <laughs> Ooh. We, have a, um, we have an elder here. Just <laughs> don't you have to be taking notes. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Man. Well, Tread lightly, Kelsey. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm taking a second to to regroup myself to make sure I, I I word things better. So that's my apologies to the listener. No, listen. If I haven't gotten in trouble yet, I think you're good. <laughs> listen, I stand by it. You invited me into this, so you knew what you were getting into. Right, my apologies, listeners. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, you, do, wow. you do such a great job. Oh, yeah. jeez. Man, so... It's just like a bunch of siblings in a room. Lots of love. That's it. Lots of uh, sarcasm. sarcasm. Lots of so much. Sarcasm. Lots of jokes. Lots of jokes. It's hmm. how we show our love through backhanded compliments. Yeah. It's what actually as like we it. talked about earlier. It's where I feel the most love. <laughs> That's terrible. It's my love language. Sarcasm. Hmm. I tell people if you're my. I don't, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't want to expose myself that much. <laughs> We're about to derail quickly, so I'm just speaking gonna... of sin. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Great transition. Oh man, let Ben just take care of transitions. That's fantastic. Mm. So when we we go back to it's the best podcast yet, <laughs> I'm loving this. So when we go back to to Genesis three, when everything mm. shifts, the fall. Ultimately, it's rooted in, oh, no, you guys are still laughing at me. I thought you were about to say something else <laughs> when you said shifts. I was like, oh, gosh, she's, we're, we're just getting <laughs> farther away. No, I said crap. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Apparently, I, was, I under it like she was, enunciated it like shit. It's like she was feeling out the waters with crap. No. went there. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. This is this is the podcast of all the podcasts. <laughs> this is the one. I don't know how editing works, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe you I hope it doesn't. It that's doesn't. that's my the, statement. The beauty is I do the editing, so <laughs> it's very loose. Oh, I it. might put a Praise warning at the, the Lord. beginning of this that mm-hmm. says, "Hey, this podcast is recorded uh, the week after United Weekend." Amen. So, grace, mm, grace Go and ahead. peace. So, where everything changes, is that better? Yep. So where everything changes is in Genesis 3 in the fall. And ultimately, it's this tension in Adam and Eve of 
walking with God, walking alongside God to trying to be God instead of just being like God. Mm -hmm. And this quote from J.I. Packer, he says that sin stands revealed as an energy of irrational, negative, and rebellious reaction to God's call and command, a spirit of fighting God in order to play Mm. God. And that's the tension of our sin. So the first thing we got to answer is what is sin anyways? Mm. Um, it's a failure to, as we, we defined it and established as a failure to conform to the moral law of God in act attitude or nature. D.A. Carson talks about it being, uh, it's the de-godding of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, is that idea of, of sin in the original form was the temptation of God is is holding something back from you and you can be you can do it better. Mm-hmm. And so sin, um, sin is that reality is we th- we think we make a better God. Um, though we would never most of us would never say that. We do it in action. We say, God, mm-hmm. this is the standard, this is the the perimeters you've set up for a life of uh, the best life, the life that you've originally created, I think it's better outside of this. Hmm. And so, um, and the reality is when Adam and Eve fell, when they fell to that temptation and they, they rebelled against God, it became the nature of who they are, which then trans, uh, it's a transaction. It's, they chose relation with God to, uh, rebellion against God. And that, um, that we inherited that you were born into this. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, I, I don't know who this quote's from, but it's, um, attitudes that are contrary to the attitudes of God requires of us. And so, but I was sh- when I, years ago when I studied like this doctrine, I think it was Wayne Grudem that like laid this out, but it was like, mm-hmm. uh, I get act, the act that we do, um, actions that we do against God that are sin. I get, I even understood like nature, you're born into it. Romans teaches, but even the attitude, like that one was the one that was like, gosh, that's hard. It's not just like my actions, but it's my attitude, which, um, if you know me, um, I don't have the greatest attitude all the time. So, uh, but this is like, sin is like consuming. Yeah. In, in that moment when Adam and Eve fell to sin, it was a consuming thing. It wasn't just like a, oh, that wasn't good and we can change it. It was, it, it death enters in that moment. Yeah, and you look at how Satan kind of works in that moment. Yeah. And he starts with that question, you know, did God actually say? Did hmm. God say this? And I think that for, for us, that's where temptation starts. That's where sin starts is we start to doubt. Uh, in, in that question, we doubt, well, did God actually say that? And we also doubt the goodness of God. Like, yeah. does God have my best interests at heart right. if he's withholding this from me? Mm-hmm. And and that's where that, that, that slippery slope starts of, of we doubt his goodness and um and and honestly it goes back to to our image of like of of we forget that we are made in his image and so we are trying to become like him when it's like you know god just he made us in his image already and so 
we're mm. yeah we, we doubt God and we doubt that He wants what's best for us and we doubt um, that we are made in His image and mm. we forget all of those things and that's uh, that that just that question of did God actually say I think is something that we are seeing in our culture today so much right. in for our sure. kids of like. Well, does the Bible actually teach that? Does the Bible mm. actually teach that homosexuality is a sin? Does the mm. Bible actually teach that, you know, all, all these doctrines that are being questioned, this whole idea of, you know, deconstruction mm. of, of the doctrine and of the faith is starting with that question. Did yeah. God actually say this? Mm-hmm. And it's so dangerous. Um, and it's the tactic that Satan has literally been using from the beginning. That's right. That's so good. And BB, you had even said it and established that it's interesting to me that Satan attacks their attitude towards mm-hmm. God. So like even in this moment as we're talking about like how easy it is to recognize our sin in action. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's either difficult to acknowledge or it's difficult to notice our attitude as sin. Um, it depends on what it is, right? But that's the tactic that Satan was using was their attitudes, their thoughts about God. It wasn't that they had done anything. They had yet to do anything, but. And it wasn't do this. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's like, we have this idea of Satan when he tempts us to sin. It's like that he's telling us what to do. It's always like the motive Satan does is he just like takes, especially now with sin nature, like he just questions, it's just questions. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's that moment. Like, I, I think Genesis, that story of, of the temptation is the motive of Satan. It's like, does God really love you? Does God does God say that that's actually sin? Mm-hmm. Does God actually, did God create it this way? Is Is it the role of men and women or gender identity? Like, right. it's one of the hottest topics right now right. In, in culture. And it's like... Did God actually design it this way? Doesn't God, wouldn't God just want me to be happy? Right. Yeah. Like how, I mean, how many times have we heard like, like get your happy, do what makes you happy. Whatever makes you happy is like, God wants that for you. It's like, yeah, no, (laughs) because in that moment they thought that that this tree, this fruit that was, that was appealing, like it was attractive was yeah. going to be good for them. Right. And it destroyed everything. Mm. And um, so I, I think that's, I think if we can understand that that's how the enemy attacks us with lies, but yeah. in the form of questions, I, at least yeah. in my, in my experience and with temptation, yeah, uh, it's, he can, all he has to do is spark the fire and I'll run with it. That's right. And BB, as you're talking, I keep thinking about James one, um, giving that format of temptation, not only defining it as what it is, but also how it progresses mm-hmm. um, is a really, really helpful passage. And starting in verse 13, it says, let no one say that he is tempted. I am being tempted by God for mm-hmm. God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. So pause. Yeah. One of the main pieces of this is that God did not sin and God cannot sin. That's right. And so at no point do I get to look at my sin, look at my temptation and blame God for it. Mm-hmm. He, he cannot, <laughs> he does not, he has not, he will not. And then in verse 14, it says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. 
Then desire, when it's conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death, which we watch play out in the fall. That's and right. that that's a horrifying truth for me um, to sit with. Um, in verse 14, that it says, each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. So to know that any temptation that arises to the surface in my life, anything that the enemy is trying to stir within me was already in me. Mm. That is horrifying to me. Oh, when yeah. you when you think about the sins that you have committed throughout your life, um, even just today, and it's like, no, that was that was in the depths of yeah, my heart. Yeah. Like that wasn't new. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't new. It was just hiding or it hibernated oh. for a for a short stretch. And when it rears its ugly head back in me, it's like, no, that is ultimately the desire that is coming from within me. And it's not of God. It is of right. the devil right. yeah. <laughs> purely. And so part of it too is when we look at sin, we have got to put a clean stamp of what it is defined as and what it's not defined as because it has nothing to do with God. That's right. And he hates it. <laughs> he can't look at it. He can't have relationship with it. And that's why he's calling us back towards repentance. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. But at any point, if we get it twisted that God has a role in our sin like (laughs) his role is that he hates it (laughs) he wants nothing to do with it but that has come from our own hearts and i struggle to sit with that that i'm just plain like that it's like oh kelsey this horrible thing that you're thinking like that came from deep within your soul Mm. that sucks (laughs) yeah it's the um it's our nature like yeah um, and we can only do what is natural to us. So apart from Christ, apart from us being reconciled and redeemed, all we can do is sin. Mm. Now we might be able to suppress that sin to a, to a degree. Yep. Um, so the reality is there's, everyone is capable of the most horrendous things possible some of us just don't act on that yeah and as a like in our free agent um as a free agent we we are only capable of acting in our nature so until until christ gives us a new nature we are only capable of sin Hmm. we just in the world we create levels of sin right yeah like there's this podium of like oh my gosh that's a horrible sin and well this sin's not that bad lying to my Lying to my friend or lying to my boss or to my spouse doesn't see it's not as bad as if I walked down the street and uh, stole a car and and they committed a murder, right? Mm. But in the eyes of God, that that that's sin, yeah. And it crucified Christ, mm. and um, and it all of it has separate. We think about it. It wasn't like it wasn't Adam and Eve didn't murder one another or like didn't like try to steal the kingdom. Mm. They just disobeyed God. Mm. And it, it, they were excommunicated from the garden. Yeah. They were kicked out. Yeah. And, and then death enters the scene. The world broke. (laughs) So like we have to see, I I love that. Like he hates it. Scripture Mm -hmm. says he abhors it. Right. Um, Which is this, like, that's a strong word. And so it's not like, it's not just that God is like annoyed by it. Hmm. And so we have to see that all sin 
is a disgrace to God. That's right. But thanks be to God that he stepped into it. That's right. Um, but yeah. Yeah. You hit on that that nature piece and yeah, we like to think of ourselves as not being that bad, but I mean Ephesians chapter two literally says we were by nature children yeah. of wrath, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> we like to think like Oh, you know, I'm just a sinner, just a just a wretch, you know. But when we throw that idea of like we were by nature children of wrath, I'm like, Whoa, that sounds a whole lot more uh, intense than just being a you know just a dirty rotten sinner, you know. It's just like golly, it's yeah. it's, it's rough, and it says That's we right. were by, we were all all well, of us in in before we knew Jesus before. We were saved before we were made alive, as that passage continues on to say. We were all, by nature, children right. of wrath. There is nothing good within us. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Our nature is wrath. Yeah. And that brings us to that place of humility of, yeah. my goodness, by nature I'm children of wrath. Um, and, and in that, knowing that what, what Jesus did on the cross becomes so much sweeter. Right. Yeah. That he, while we were still sinners, Christ yeah. died for us. Such good news, mm-hmm. and it's the reality is like, even in our like in our depravity, uh, apart from Christ, Isaiah is like even our even our good deeds are filthy rags. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like, yeah, even even the things that like so there's this is the hard tension that we have to press into. There are there are, and I'm doing air quotes. You can't see this because it's audio medium. There are good people in the world right. Right. that do morally good things mm-hmm. right. that do not know Christ, so they are children of wrath. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan Pakluda, um, pastor out in Waco, talks about the idea of um, we worship one of two things. We worship God or we worship Satan. We don't have to be a Satanist to worship Satan. And a lot of times Satan doesn't even want us to like give him credit. He just does not want our attention on God. Right. And so in our sin nature, we worship self, which is ultimately what Satan wants, mm. or to worship anything other than God. And um and yeah, and so the reality is we're all like we either we are either children of God or we're children of wrath. And everyone like we like to throw out that idea of every everyone's a child of God. No, no, no. <laughs> Some of us have not been bought into the family of That's God. Right. And so by that, God's wrath has has been poured out. Hmm. Hmm. So I wasn't going to ask this question, but I'm going to ask this question. Um, Always makes me so nervous when you say stuff like this. No, I love this. This is my favorite part. Um, (laughs) So I got to ask the question because I'm imagining as as a listener, I would feel the tension of why would he have put the tree in the garden? If there was perfect community and it was as perfect as perfect could get they were like god they were with god why would he put the tree in the garden to begin with what's Mm. what's the point i have an answer but i'd like to hear i want to hear your answer because this is i mean honestly this is a question that i've always always uh wondered about and my as as i've grown in my faith it's become more of just like i don't 
know the answer, but I trust that God, if God is all powerful, right, then mm-hmm. he's also all knowing. That's right. And so he's perfect. And so while I don't know necessarily, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've asked that question many times. I trust that his reason is perfect. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I don't have the answer. Yeah. I, yeah. That's I just good, trust though. him. I, I do think there ha- there's a mystery to it. Right. Um, cause it's not explicit in scripture why he does it. Um, like there, there's not that like peek behind the curtain of like how God designed and why he structured the garden the way he did. But I would say, um, obedience was always a part of our relationship with God, even apart from, um, our before sin. So we, we're not obedient so that God will love us. We're obedient because he is God. Right. And so the reality is, uh, ob- like in the garden before sin, obedience was required because he's God and because he's completely separate, completely different than us, even though Adam and Eve were ultimately holy because they were not, there's no sin. Um, but the, God still created them to walk in obedience to him. And so um, there, there is that mystery of like, why would God even like put something in, in the garden that would could to uh, potentially crumble everything, which ultimately is what happened. Uh, we trust that he is perfect, that mm-hmm. he is holy and righteous right. and he is all knowing and good. But hmm. because we're not, we're not robots in this. Yeah. Like, so obedience is yeah. still required. And, and to see that obedience is not a like begrudging thing. It's yeah. a joyful thing. Mm, yeah. It was, there's no like, Oh, I have to do this for God. Like I can't eat of that because God will be mad at me. I, even before the, the, before Satan tempts him, there's this joyful obedience to walk in relationship with right. God. And so that, I mean, Maybe that's a vague answer, but I think that's the result. Like, and, and two, I think that helps us understand the beauty of obedience yeah. in our relationship now, that it's not a begrudging thing. God isn't after our white-knuckling submission to him. Yeah, um, that's good. So then we've, we've got to ask, like, why, why does all of this matter? Mm-hmm. You know, why does it matter? Also, we, we talk over and over again and establish, and we always want to make sure that we echo that well on the podcast, but the importance of right understanding of doctrine, the importance of true biblical literacy. It's why we do theology and community. These things matter. That's right. But why does it matter? And a couple of the reasons that we had talked about, um, where sin separates us from God, the Christian that sins, that his or her legal standing is unchanging. Hmm. Sin disrupts fellowship with God. Sin damages our Christian life and sin must be taken seriously. And I'd like to talk for a second about the fact that sin disrupts fellowship with God. Because I think that that is undervalued mm. to us because we we try to think or we try to ration with ourselves, even though it is not biblical, right? We just try to make ourselves feel better of I can have my sin and I can have God just the same too. Hmm. But the fellowship has been disrupted. Why is that significant? Well, I mean, we're made in his image. Um, I mean, we were made for his glory. And and when we can't 
be in fellowship with him, we are not living um, for our purpose that we were created for. And so I think that's why we are so empty when we are just living in our sin. We're, we are, uh, you know, just satisfying our desires. We're so empty. We're so distant from God because we're not living the way that we were created to live. And we Mm. are ultimately, I mean, I like, I think about me being a, a parent. Like I think when my kids choose things that are bad for them, and obviously for me, I, you know, it's it's a different situation than God and sin and us. But um, the 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 heartache that I that I have when my kids make a bad choice, um, you know, because they're not living in the purpose that they were created to live in, and, That's right. and so like like it's it's and you know, God's glory is ultimate. It is the greatest uh, purpose, and to not be in fellowship with Him is is um yeah it's the ultimate penalty of sin Hmm. bb you had said it when we had talked about the doctrine of the church um which will be the next podcast or it's two weeks so we're actually full discrepancy we're we're a little behind on our podcast schedule it got flipped around so we talked about the church last night and this is from week eight right so that's Hmm. two weeks difference but when we talked about, I, I know I, I'm having to like work. No, humanity, it. salvation, and then the church. And then the church. Okay, so here we are. When we had talked about the church yesterday, one of the things, <laughs> yeah, because that that happened. Uh, one of the things that you had mentioned is that in us playing out the role of the church, like it is one of the most heartbreaking things that we are missing our role as the body of Christ if we are unwilling to call out sin in one mm-hmm. another. That it is an opportunity is what you said over and over again. It's an opportunity to love as Jesus Christ has loved us. And, you know, using the example of being a parent or even just as a brother and sister in Christ, like how often do we dance around the sin we see in the brother or sister's life uh, because we don't want to offend or we don't want to confront, or we don't want to have that uncomfortable tension. And so instead we let them continue and then they wonder. Because I, I see this all the time, especially with with kids. Like they wonder why they don't feel God, or they wonder why they can't hear from God, or they wonder like why there's this disconnect. And it's like, if we're not addressing the sin issue, right? Yeah. it's the whole issue. Yep. It is the why. Like why it's disrupted fellowship mm-hmm. but we want to we want to feel it without having to actually change anything yeah and if we're the body of Christ if we're the church if we're just plain brothers and sisters made in the same image how could we not love the next enough to also help confront help call out in a constructive way mm-hmm. to let them know like i see this in you and i want better for you mm-hmm. because we're trying to look like Jesus. We're going after the same thing. Mm-hmm. But it's that disrupted fellowship, but we want it without having to address the sin problem, that that's the why behind it. Yeah. I think a lot of it is we just don't feel the gravity of sin. We treat it as it's not this big, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And we um, and we play with it as if it isn't killing us. Mm. Um, and for the believer, like, to 
like to have our our sin exposed and understand that it it crucified our our king like the wrath of god was poured out on jesus because he took my sin on like changes how i see it like i like it as you grow in your relationship with christ you should begin to hate like hate your sin right and not just hate other people's sin it's easy to like That's right. see other people's sin and be annoyed by it but to see your sin and to hate your sin and want to like so paul says in uh, galatians 2:20 i've been crucified with christ it's no longer i that live but christ lives in me and so to see like my sin was crucified who i was was crucified uh and and then to walk in that and to know like if if you don't if you don't feel god one that's on like there's you play that response that's your responsibility and yeah. what you're doing like god is present and god <laughs> is pouring himself out that's right yeah. so maybe you maybe you have get and this i'm preaching to myself so if you feel me getting hot that's it's because of me because it's so easy to get lazy right. and apathetic yep. and and not want to pursue jesus because it's one it's work like yeah. it's an it's, it's hard a, it's a to move one because you get exposed yep. you got to be exposed to see like how jacked up you are as a human being hmm. and that um but to know man the holy spirit empowers us reveals us convicts us and then moves us towards him and so um man and there's nothing more loving we can do for one another than in love Mm -hmm. to call one another out to know that like man for the sake of your soul yeah for the sake of your soul like um i heard john piper one time on like a panel they were talking about counseling uh people and not like crushing them um but he was talking about like the question was asked like what do you do if someone comes into your office and they're uh, they struggle with pornography and John Piper's response was tear your eye out lest you go to hell and it's like and they all like laugh blah blah but it's like this is the reality of like sin like yeah. that's not that's not John Piper making up something it's what Jesus said mm-hmm. if your eye causes you sin rip it out for it's better to go to go to heaven with one eye than go to hell with both. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. And I'm not suggesting like we like self-harm ourselves. Right. But to take sin with like, to take, to treat it with seriousness. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, I think we can deceive ourselves into think, oh, I've trusted in this. And then we just play with our sin or we hold on to our sin. And Romans six tells us like, do we continue to sin that grace may abound by, by no means. Right. How can you have been, crucify with Christ, continue baptized into his death, continue to live in your sin. Like Paul would talk about it as it's not like it's not a possibility to continue to to be okay with your sin. Not right. to say you're not going to sin, but to be content with yeah. it. Right. Yeah. And Hebrews, the author of Hebrews talks about habitual sin. Mm-hmm. There is no sacrifice right. for that sin. Right. Yeah. Like in that that scripture yeah. terrifies me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's because what that is indicative of is, of is a heart that hasn't been transformed. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, because for for those who have encountered uh, God and have um, been saved, the heart transformation makes that sin uh, makes it where we we aren't going to live in it habitually. Now, like you said, yeah, we're going to stumble, we're going to backslide. Right. There's going to be sin that that has roots in us that we 
that that we will fall back into from time to time but it's that hatred of sin it's like it's you know we don't yeah habitually live in that anymore because mm-hmm. the heart transformed by Christ I've heard it said um, I believe it's I've, I've heard JD Greer say this a few times of like if I were uh, to get hit by a truck you know by a by a semi I would look different I would act different <laughs> I would talk different um, and but if you know being transformed by Christ, and his love makes us different. That's right. Yeah. And so the sin that used to, um, I don't want to say satisfy, because it, it never satisfies. It has the the, the lie of, of satisfying. But mm-hmm. the sin that we used to uh, take pleasure in is no longer... Uh, is no longer satisfying. It right. doesn't yep. doesn't do it for us anymore. And so, hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, that habitual sin is, I think, evident of a heart that hasn't been transformed, and that's why there's no sacrifice that can cover it. That's right. Hmm. So good. And and it's, so humbling. It's got to be taken seriously. I mean, it, sin is killing us. Yeah. It it is the ultimate epidemic. <laughs> yeah. And. And we forget and we treat it casually yeah. and we dance around it. I know like the whole dip your toe in the water and it's like you don't realize that you're actually drowning in the ocean. Mm. And and we we forget. Yeah. yeah. And Well, we, we, we are so afraid of being a legalist. Right. And um I think of like um I love reading the Puritans. They're hard to read, but like uh, the Puritans were so serious about sin. And um, so I think of like John Owen who wrote the mortification of sin and uh, Jonathan Edwards like has the famous uh, sermon, the sinners in the hands of an angry God. Like, mm-hmm. but there was this reality of like, this isn't something we get to play with. Right. Right. Like, and this is something we take serious because we want, why would you not want to be as close as you possibly can in relationship to God? Yeah. Like the God of the universe wants to walk with you. Yeah. And you want to trade these like temporary pleasures when he's offering eternal satisfaction. Yeah. Mm. And I think what's important also for us, especially for those of us who are, who are in some type of leadership over people. And cause it, we ask this question well, or we say this whole, you know, hate, hate your sin. Don't, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin. Well, well how do we do that? Right. You know, like if it, if it is our nature, okay, well, how do we do that? And I love how um, my brother, Trey Hildebrandt, uh, how he explained it last week, uh, last weekend at United Weekend of this idea of like, we are so often, we get so close to that line of sin and say, how close can I get to That's it right. before it's sin? How close, you know, where's that line um, and, and how close can I get to it? And what is so amazing is well when when we are following Jesus and we are are seeking a relationship and our relationship with him is growing and we're spending time in the word and we're seeking um after his heart then then our back is to the sin and we're not even asking the question yeah. where is it where's the line because we're not concerned about the line because all we want to do is love Jesus That's and so i think it's so important for us to be able to understand, like, yes, sin is bad. Sin is awful. How do we defeat sin? Well, we follow Jesus, That's and good. we keep our eyes on Him. 
and then the sin is in is 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 behind us. Yeah. It's it's in our rearview mirror because we're not asking that question, where is the line? That's good. Because we're asking the question, where is Jesus? And Come we're on. following mm-hmm. after him. That's so good. Man. It's yeah. a mic drop moment right there. I know it feels like a pretty good place to to close. So listener don't be discouraged in these conversations about sin. The hope is that your eyes are also being opened mm-hmm. to your sin so that you can go back to fellowship with God the way that it was designed and intended. That's the hope is not to leave these conversations completely just beat up and discouraged and deflated, but that you would remember that it's his kindness that draws you towards repentance. That's right. The goal is the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that's the goal. And Ben has just said it so, so well. But our hope is that you would fix your eyes back on Jesus. That's right. It's better. He's better. It is always better his way. So, man, Ben, thanks for being a part yeah, of thanks, ben. Thanks for our conversation me. today. Oh, Glad to be here. It was actually mandated because you're my boss but we don't have to address that entirely <laughs> mandated yet. i feel like that's backwards <laughs> i felt i felt this obligation to invite you maybe that's oh okay uh, yeah, gotcha yeah, okay yeah. i get it i get yeah, it yeah. you made it sound like ben was like kelsey if you don't have me on the podcast it's over <laughs> fired yeah. fired yeah i felt that tension in my soul for a little Goodness. bit so here no. we are i got you in immediately um but but in all reality i'm so thankful for for your leadership um both in the church and in our ministry um but just this this heart of purity for wanting especially young people to see with clarity the good news of the gospel and that part of the good news of the gospel is that there is a hatred of sin because jesus is better so i'm super thankful for your heart behind that ben um it's good and just thankful for time to continue fleshing out the hard doctrines of our faith I, I love that this is a part um, of what our church is about. It is becoming such an important piece of the culture. And I, and I think, B.B., you're driving a lot of that, of, of, of creating a culture of not just consumers, people who are, you're, you're equipping us to go deeper and to understand why we believe what we believe. And I think that that is vital to... Um, to the depth of our church and our church is deeper because of, of, of established and because of the, the doctrine and being willing to go to the difficult, messy places. That is the doctrine of humanity and sin. (laughs) You know, we joke about how, Oh, this is so fun, but it's such an important piece of, of the growth of our body and uh, the growth of this church. I think it's, it's huge. And so thanks for allowing me to be here and to be a part of it and um, get into some of the mess that is sin and all that stuff. So we appreciate you, man. I love it. Well, until next time, get low, move slow and fix your eyes on Jesus. We love you guys. 